0: Hi! Welcome to Unleash Ministries Podcast, where Pastor Nathan Sanford will guide us through daily Bible studies, prophetic revelations, and life-changing encounters with the Father's love. Join us for near-daily content as we dive into the Word of God. Hey guys, so I had such a burden on my heart. Just about the lack of the knowledge, understanding and revelation of the word of God in the body of Christ, especially in this hour that we're living in. It's like I've never come across like, I, you know, so much biblical illiteracy in my whole life as, as a believer. And I think maybe I just didn't see it before because it didn't. I don't know if I just didn't come across the right circles or I just had a lot of assumptions about what people knew and what people didn't know, but I I'm like, wow, I, I've just been astounded at the lack of biblical knowledge and understanding and revelation. And so I'm like, you know what? We're entering into revival. We're seeing the whole world. I mean God has sparked a revival in Asbury and it's beginning to spread. And I absolutely believe it's just the beginning of the beginning. I think we're gonna see way, way more of this. I think that all we're seeing right now is just a touch of a little bit of something that God is doing but i I'm, I'm like this thing is going to spread it's going to go uh, beyond anything i think that we could possibly imagine and i and i think that it, obviously that's awesome like i'm really excited about that but i have some concerns and again it's not a concern with the revival specifically that are starting my concern is this complete lack of biblical understanding that i see in the body of christ that these things rise up and they're so powerful and so awesome and and i want to see them go on to the return of our lord i want to see them continue i want to see them go on to see the return of christ and i I truly believe that that will actually occur and i think that one of the ways that that we we keep it going and, and keep it being healthy and keep it being awesome is to is to have good biblical teaching and understanding and revelation and theology because there's going to be a lot of experiences that happen within revivals there's a lot of experiences that people you know s- that go through and that they they experience and they need a proper theological grid to really understand what is happening so that they Because, you know, you can have an experience, and if you don't have a proper good theological grid to understand that experience, then oftentimes you can end up with, with, you know, a a great experience but a bad understanding of that experience, and sometimes that lands you in a place where where you really don't want to be. So, in other words, God gives you this great experience, but you don't have the proper understanding for that experience, and so you end up understanding and interpreting an experience wrongly, and then begin to go down a path that God would never want you to go down, um, simply because you don't understand what occurred. And so, I think you know, you know what we see in the scriptures. I think sometimes people think that the Bible was completely written and then everyone had an experience, you know, and that's ridiculous, like, <laughs> clearly that isn't the case, you know, Clear people had these incredibly mind-blowing experiences with God, and then they wrote about them, so it's like they had the experience, and then they wrote and tried to then understand, you know, you see, like, in Acts chapter 2, where Peter, you know, they have this crazy outpouring of the Spirit, and people are speaking in tongues, and they look like they're drunk, and it's this you know, people are communicating in languages that they don't understand, and it's just this crazy thing happening. And then what you have is Peter then gets up and goes, hey, let me give you a proper understanding. So he goes to the scriptures and says, let me give you a proper understanding for what's happening so that we can, we can clearly get what's going on here. And we can clearly understand what's happening so that we walk this out in a way that honors God and also understand, you know, how it fits into prophecy and how it fits into what Joel said and all this other stuff. So I'm just at a point where I'm like, we have got to go forward. I I have a lot of reasons for doing this, but, um, you know, other than God's just called me to do it, and I know he has, and I'm tired of, of pretending I'm too small to do it and all this stuff. If you're out there, and I just want you to hear this, like if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're like, you know, who cares what I have to say? Who would care what I have to say? I'm nobody I don't have 20, 50, whatever thousand followers and subscribers on YouTube. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have this big ministry, but you know what, if God is calling you to be a voice, just be a voice, even if it's in your little sphere of influence. Like I'm not some big, well-known, oh man, this guy has a trillion followers on whatever. Like I, God does not care. Like be the voice that he's called you to be. So I'm stepping into this and I'm just being the voice that God has called me to be and I'm not going to back off and I'm not going to back up no matter who's listening or who isn't cuz I want to be just absolutely obedient to the word of God over my life and I want to say okay God this is what you call me to do and I'm going to do it so I just want to give that to you out there whatever your voice is it might just be you work at Walmart and you're speaking to the people that are walking in the door and saying hi you know it might be your stay-at-home mom and he's calling you to take your two kids aside and 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 get into the word and so we can understand the gospel and, and, and you know, have Bible studies. So we actually understand and have a proper theological grid. Again, these experiences are going to increase. I mean, they're going to explode. We ha- you have no idea where this is going. I've had so many different prophetic experiences that have shown me, at least in part, where this is going. And it's going to be way more intense. It's going to be way more I mean, this is just the beginning of the beginning, and, and I just want to root us in to a proper biblical understanding so that as experiences occur, that that especially these young people, and it won't just be young people, but especially these young people can walk them out going, oh, okay, that's what happened. That's what's going on. So I thought I would do a Bible study, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Let's get into the Word. Let's actually look at the Word and I really felt like God said, start with Hebrews. You're going to start with Hebrews because Hebrews is like this amazing, um, basically, this is how awesome Jesus is from beginning to end. Like this is who Jesus is. This is what he did. And it's written to a group of Jews primarily who were tempted to like compromise. And I know in our culture, we think of compromise as like some sort of sin, like you looked at pornography or something like that, that isn 't at all the compromise that um, the writer of Hebrews is addressing here. what the kind of compromise the writer of Hebrews is addressing is compromise theologically that then leads to compromise in terms of y- your actual walking out of your faith. so these were people who came to the Lord like they gave you know they they understood like who Jesus was to a certain degree, and they were believers, but then they started to kind of basically mixed their Judaism in with their understanding of of who Jesus was so it was like yeah we'll just kind of throw Jesus into our Jewish sacrifices and we'll throw Jesus into our our kind of daily Jewish practices and and you know things that we have done forever to like feel clean before God and and the writer of Hebrews is basically, the, the idea of, of the point of this writer is to say, hold on, I need to tell you how amazing Jesus is and that your compromise has serious consequences and your compromise theologically, which is leading to your compromise in terms of how you're walking out your faith. Like that cannot be. And so uh, I just, uh, this is such an exaltation of Jesus and Going forward, oh my goodness, we need an exaltation of Jesus and an understanding of who he is because it does and will and is leading us into the depths of the Father's love, into the depths of the Father. I mean, Jesus came in part at least, or or I think the point even, to reveal the Father to a generation. And that's what this is leading to, is to reveal the Father to a generation. So I'm just gonna start off right here. We're gonna start with Hebrews one one and we're gonna dig into this. And I'm gonna pray that this just blasts you, that it absolutely captures your heart, that as we get into the word, that there's a revelation of who Jesus is and the Father is. And I, I know that's what's gonna happen. So Hebrews one one says this, God, and I love <laughs> the beginning of this because it's literally God. That's like how this starts. It doesn't start with an introduction. You know, most of the letters that you find in the New Testament start with like, I Paul and greetings to you or something like that. And this doesn't start like that at all. It just says God. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do this. After he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways. in these last days he has spoken to us in his son. So basically, you know, he's just saying, look, like we've had the old covenant. He has spoken to us through the prophets. He's spoken to us through the fathers in many, many different ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. So I want you to understand it's like he's saying God appointed Jesus heir or receiver of all things through whom also he made the world. In other words, he's saying Jesus basically is now appointed the heir apparent of everything and through whom God made the world. In other words, God made the world through Jesus. And he's kind of basically what the writer here is addressing is the whole idea that Jesus is anything other than God. I mean, he's basically saying everything was made through him. The world was made through him. He's heir of all things. And he's building up to something amazing. Verse 3, and he is the radiance of his glory, meaning Jesus is the radiance of God's glory, meaning the seen part of the glory of God, the radiance. In other words, Jesus is the apprehendable part of the glory of God. Because you could, you could at least at that time, see him and touch him. And he has a physical body still. So it's not like Jesus doesn't have a physical body anymore. He's still a Jewish man, which I think people don't understand. He was raised again to life as a Jewish man. And he still has a Jewish body <laughs> as a Jewish man. Um, it, but he's still fully God at the same time in his, in his nature and in everything that he is. And he's the... It, Radiance of his glory, listen to this, verse 3, and the exact representation of his nature. And I really want you to hear that, the exact representation of his nature. I've heard it said, and it's totally true, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. And right here, he's the exact representation of his nature. Whose nature? God's nature. So he's the exact representation of God. So when we look at like the Gospels, the life of Christ, we study who and how he is, we are studying who and how God is. And I want to challenge you that any other conclusion, like if you come to a conclusion about who God is, let, let's say you pull up some Old Testament reference and you're like, well, this is how and who God is. I challenge you to take that to Jesus and take the tension of that that you may find in the Old Testament and go, wait a minute, Jesus is the exact representation of his nature. And this story I read about how God acts seems to be in tension with that. And that's okay to have that tension. But I want you to understand that how, whatever your understanding is the representation of his exact nature in the New Testament must supersede whatever conclusion you're coming to about God from the Old Covenant. And I'll expand on that a little bit later, but I want you just to understand that Jesus showed us who God was and is. And nothing that you may read, see, hear, or feel will ever trump the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I want to just, and that's basically what Hebrews is saying here. And then it says, and upholds, so let me read this again, and he, verse 3, he is the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. I mean, these are crazy statements to say about a guy that lived on the earth. Like he's saying, I mean, not only is he making the point that Jesus is God, we have to understand all things are being upheld by the word of his power. I mean, that's crazy. That's basically saying like that his spoken word, the spoken word of Jesus Christ is actually holding everything together. That's mind boggling. And then you're going to find out that that Jesus actually invites us into this relationship with him that is world altering and world changing. And you're like, I am actually intimate and loving and one with Jesus, like the guy that's upholding everything by his word. That's crazy. (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? So anyway, it's just amazing to me. Then it says, when he had made purification of sins, right, when he died and rose again on the cross, that's purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, So it's like he sits down at the right hand of God. That's what he's saying. Having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. Now, why point this out? It seems weird that the author of Hebrews would point something out like he's better than the angels. Well, The reason he's saying that is because in part there was a lie going around Jerusalem at that time and a false teaching that he's confronting. That Jesus was just an angel um, or just, you know, one of God's angels that are manifest, which again, that same lie gets perpetuated later. Like in the teachings of the Jehovah's Witnesses, that that Jesus was Michael, the archangel. It's weird how you see these same lies that were there 2000 years ago becoming religions today. And that is, you know, that kind of a lie and a horrible theology siphons the life of who Jesus is out of a group of people and you know i love my jehovah's witness friends I've, I've had many friends who are jehovah's witnesses most of them came to the knowledge of the living god and have been set free but religion is free to control manipulate dominate and hurt people and a lack of the rep- representation of who jesus is and i just want you guys all to hear that like Religion and the spirit of religion is released and is given power through the lack of the representation, understanding, revelation and experience of who Jesus really is. Like this is this is a nasty, nasty thing that I I want you to understand every time you see you see. Like religion taking hold in control, manipulation, domination. Anytime you see this kind of thing taking hold, what you're seeing is a lack of the understanding, experience, or revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a distortion of who he is. You're seeing, and usually it has to do with extra works being put on your faith, but. Anyway, we'll get to that later. But again, this writer's addressing like he's not an angel, like he's better than an angel and why he says he's inherited a more excellent name than they. And look how he words this. This is so powerful. He goes, for to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Do you see how he's addressing this lie that Jesus was an angel? He's like, he never said that to an angel. He never said, you're my son, today I've begotten you. And again, I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Once again, he's coming and saying, look, uh, he's so much better than an angel. He's not an angel. He's he's actually the son of the living God. And so this is a huge deal to him. And when he again brings, uh, listen to this, and when he again, meaning God, again, verse 6, brings the firstborn into the world, he says, listen to this, and let all the angels of God worship him. So this is a huge statement, like you are clearly all throughout the Old and New Testament, but in particular the Old Testament, you are to worship no other God but Yahweh Sabaoth. Like you are only to worship God. Only God is deserving of worship. And here you see the writer of Hebrews says, let all the angels of God worship him. Worship who? Worship the Christ. Worship Jesus. This is such a clear statement of the divinity of Christ, of saying he is God. And then again, verse 7 and of the angels, he says, who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. So, in other words, he's saying, this is who the angels are. Um, and this is who Jesus is like they're way lower. He's not saying to worship angels and verse eight. But of the son, Jesus, he says, your throne, O God, whoa, 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 whoa. So you're having the writer of Hebrews. But of the son, he says, your throne, O God, holy cow. Like this is like you cannot be more direct in terms of like who God is and who like. In other words, he's saying Jesus is God. God. There's no other way around this. Your throne, oh God, is forever and ever. And the righteous scepter is the scepter of his kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you. You see, that's really interesting. Your throne, oh God, in reference to Jesus. And then later on he goes, therefore, God, your God has anointed you. It's like, okay, so he is God, and then we're talking about God. (laughs) It's like you have this interesting Trinitarian, maybe not uh, mention of the Holy Spirit here, but you definitely have this Jesus is God, and then there's like the Father God kind of rolled into one verse. Again, people say, where's the Trinity? Well, here's part of the Father God, Jesus being God, and the Father being God as well. Has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. And verse 10, you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain and they all become like a a garment and like a mantle. You will roll them up like a garment. They will also be changed, but you are the same and your years will not come to an end. And at the end of that, he says, but to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make you enemies, a footstool of your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Okay, so that's chapter 1, and we're going to stop. That. I'm just going to do one chapter at a time, and that's chapter 1, basically saying, here's how amazing Jesus is. He's incredible. He's the firstborn. He is God. He sits at the right hand of God. He's way higher than the angels were called to worship him. And again remember you always have s- the the spirit of religion released when there's not a proper understanding of who Jesus is not not just ontologically meaning not just who he is ontology meaning what makes Jesus Jesus not just ontologically in the sense that your theology is correct like we believe Jesus is God but even more so religion gets released when we don't understand how Jesus is who he is or the nature of the gospel And we're going to get into that in the next teaching in um, Hebrews chapter two. You're going to see how the writer of Hebrews expands on this. But I just wanted to put this forth from you. We're going to have like these 20 minute teachings about the book of Hebrews and we're going to move on to different books. And I'm just super excited about where this is going. So I will definitely see you next time. Um, Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Unleashed Ministries podcast. We pray you are blessed and encouraged by an encounter with the Father's love poured out through his word. If you would desire to bless this ministry financially, please visit www.unleashedchurch.org and click on the give link. Thank you.